forever and the rate is accelerating. Now aren't they aren't they rolling out a new album start? Yeah, yeah. Snark. <laughs> I like that. I uh, that was the most fucking Swedish Swinglish thing I ever did. Let me rephrase that. New album soon. That was just uh, I I'd not even pick up doing that. But in context, completely, completely comprehensible though. Oh I would god, say. yeah. Uh, in context, it's just like. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. There's been a big roll up too. Almost like yeah. a, lev- a lev- high level of roll up. And I don't know about you, but I've I've, I've become I've come to enjoy that kind of roll up, especially since Senjutsu. Yeah. Last year, that was beautiful. You know, almost like a, a, a religious. Uh, Ritual, the whole thing, over months. It, yeah, but it, it made the payoff all the more fun, and it was uh, that, that was fun. That was that was that was a great summer. Hello and welcome back to Maiden A to Z. My name is Eric and with me, as always, is my co-host Jonathan. It's just the two of us? Indeed. Yeah, we did a little bonus episode just now. So uh, it's now again something that occurs, but it rarely occurs in this show. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, it was more early days we did this this way, but, you know, it's fun to knock out one with, you know, just, just the two of us. And I think now you need to put in a bit of the song, just the two of us. <laughs> just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Building castles in the sky. Just the two of us. You and I. We look for love, no time for tears. Wasted water's all that is. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention quickly as well that if you haven't checked out so far so pod so what I'm doing that with Greg it's on our network it's on the deep by podcast network uh, we've got a few shows in there I tried to mention one at a time now I could mention universally speaking it's on red chili peppers haven't heard a minute of it but I'm sure it's great uh, because I've never been like a fan of that band really but um, you know, every show on the network, I think, warrants quite a few listeners. I think. I think that. I mean, it's also a good way to get into something you're not necessarily interested in going in. I mean, like, I wouldn't maybe. I mean, if if you actively hate a band, maybe it's not the pod for you. Could be hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I received that feedback both on our show and also on so far as so pod. So what? That I received the feedback from someone saying it was not into Megadeth. I was not into Iron Maiden. But I like to approach them through your show, which of course is awesome. That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's always yeah. And there's um, if you, you can always find some some insanely nerdy people who are do who are analyzing something in an insanely nerdy way, and that's always very fun to sort yeah. of and you know listen to even even if it's not your necessarily your thing. I mean, yeah, like my friend Nate said, also part of the network with the Purple Podcast. He said that once you get to know the hosts, once you get comfortable with. Them, you know the way they roll i i suppose you can yeah. hear you can hear them talking about um, i don't know what his 
topic of choice was, but something, you know, like real estate or house building or something he's not in, really into at all. But you can. Do you want to talk about real estate? <laughs> no, but we should talk about uh, whiteware at some point, you know. Yes, that's right. Yes, that's what we got to do. Yep. Is it whiteware in English even? Kitchen appliances. Kitchen appliances. But that's just, well, again, I don't, we, we, well, that's, well, I don't know. Let's find out together. <laughs> right on. We already did um, Creed A to Z. Yeah. I kind of yeah. miss that. I kind of miss doing something like that. Uh, you know, yeah. something weird. We did also do a Kiss episode the, yeah. disguised but, as but Life After Death. But I think that that was also more of a, I, I, I mean, there's, there's probably a few people who stopped listening at the Creed, up front of the Creed. I know there were, but yeah. I, I think that uh, if you'd listened onwards, like two minutes in, three minutes in, you would have gotten the fact that it was not the entire episode. It's also uh, a tie into in between those two, actually, because in Creed A to Z, uh, Fergal mentioned a certain wrestler, Stone mm-hmm. Cold Steve Austin, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And on our Kiss episode, we had Chris uh, from Pot of Thunder, and also a guy that has been on Pot of Thunder, I think 25 episodes, is a Big Maiden fan, and his name is Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ties back into wrestling. So, um, Chris Jericho, also welcome to Maiden ATC at any time. He's a huge fan. Yeah, we, should have, we, should, we, should, we, should, we should set that up. That'd be cool. He's busy as fuck, though. Uh, but, you know, you're welcome anyway. However it turns out. Uh-huh. I don't know that he's listening, but... <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But, you know, it's nice. No. It's nice to, to, you know, just open... Uh, bring out yeah, the open the, hand. Let's assume with arms wide open. Arms wide open. Annunciate. Did you hear yeah. your annunciation of Hallow uh, Be Thy Name, by the way? How did I, what did I say? Uh, I put it on like a four times in a loop because uh, you said in, in the episode, which you, you edited the, the bulk of, you uh, said that you would put in, but you didn't put that in. So I put it in four times. Uh, and uh, what, what? hearing it back, it sounded more like Hallow Be Thy Name than Holy Than Thou. But it was like this. Hallow Be Thy Name. Hallow Be Thy Name. And then you hear me thinking after each sentence, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say uh, we got to be mindful of our enunciation sometimes. Yes, sometimes that is, yes, definitely. I also like talking fast. It's nice to speak fast. You get, it is you get nice. The you, get, you, get more, you get more done. <laughs> yeah, it's very effective. Oh. <laughs> the effective fellas over at Made Needs Indeed we are. Now this uh, we can get to the the matter at hand. The matter at hand. The matter uh, of life. life and the death, matter of death. death. So this is a very. This won't be released on today. That'd be really. But uh, on today, I don't need to redo that. That made no sense. This is not going to be released. Um, uh, at, today, you know, today is the thirtieth of May. Yes. Also Memorial Day. Memorial Day in the U.S. Hmm. Which is sort of one of the one of the sort of dates that is uh, to. Uh, you know, honor uh, people who have served in the you know, armed forces and military. You know, entirely different to Independence Day, I'm guessing. Yes, the Independence Day is Fourth uh, of July. The, uh, is that it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so this is sort of appropriate that we're going to be discussing the song "The Longest Day," which uh, the longest day, the deest day. 
Dia's Day. That that w- that is a far that is not as good a title, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's so it's so basically lo- longest day uh, is um, track off Matter of Life and Death. And uh, immediate question, also, immediate yeah. question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. left America at age ten or eleven. Am I right? Uh, yeah, eleven. Yeah. Uh, you must have been aware of D Day. Before you left, right? It must have popped up in school or something. It seems like one of the I major, think, I th- maybe I the most probably... important date in American history. One of the most important. Yeah, I mean, they—they they probably, you know, uh, it's 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 up there. I'd say. I mean, I I I mean, also, I when I left, I would have been. Um, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't really. I'm trying to think now. I that. Like 10, 11, right? Yeah, something around there. I don't know necessarily how much. I I think it was mentioned, but also they kind of focused on. I mean, there's a lot of stuff with, like, you know, around the fourth, the fourth of July, and that kind of, you know, those kind of things also were. Seventy seventy six seems like an yeah, important so, yeah, date, yeah. right? So yeah, there's that, but but it, so I think that maybe maybe they, you know, I think that was mentioned, but also we were, you know, they, I don't I don't think I don't think we really got a deep dive into that, you know, what quite, you know, when I, by the time I left, put it that way. Right on. But um, I do. I mean, I know you know. I obviously. Um, I knew a little bit about it back then because my godfather uh, was uh, in, in the in the navy or just back then. Um, so I did hear some things, but uh, I, I didn't hear. I didn't. Um, uh, it was not until I got a little older that I really, you know, under, understood more what it was and what had happened. And all that. Right, because um, in history, the, the, like the, I always say, the, the top of the pile in the Google search. Uh, yeah. Let's call it the Google search history of general interest in history. I think top of the pile is World War Two. Yeah. Um, right now, anyway. Definitely, as I would assume so. Yes. Um, I'm just so sort of do. Yeah, it's interesting because there's it's 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 one of those things that you know it's. I think we're both fairly, you know. Uh, there's just there's a sort of well not, well no, I don't necessarily mean well educated but there's a Swedish term called Almanbildad which essentially means you have a sort of a good all around knowledge of just most sort of yeah I'd call it like an interest in in all and in all sure. <laughs> and yeah, in detail you know something like that you know I think we shared but, that know, yeah there 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 are people who you know it it I think I think most people sort of do tend to know quite a bit about this whole. Situation. Even people who don't necessarily know much about you know, anything else in history, uh, they tend to sort of be aware of this. Exactly. You know, it's a famous, uh, very famous date, and I wouldn't say infamous even, even though it was an invasion. I mean, clearly it was an invasion. Uh, we're talking about uh, D-Day, of course. And uh, yeah, when was this? It was forty-four, uh, June sixth. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, right. yeah. I, that's probably one of those things I probably should have checked before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. It's, it's, it's part of the story, but it's not the imp- most important part, of course. But I think June 6th or something, Operation Overlord, I believe it was called. Yeah, uh, yeah June 6th, 1944. Uh, and that's, uh, we get to, we get to the, we'll get to the Overlord bit here in a, in a bit. Um, but before we do that, let's just, um, let, me, let me pull up, um, let me pull up the, the album here so I can alright so this is uh, if I recall well I'm not going to recall I'm just going to check it so yeah this is a this is a Smith Harris Dickinson track Mm -hmm. Uh, but 
one of those, you know, when you, you know when those three are on it, that it's going to be, you're in for a treat. It's going to be a proper maiden, anyway. Yeah, and this does feel very proper. To stay warlike, you can say it's maiden on three fronts. Yes. Clock's in at about almost eight minutes, so it's, a, it's sort of a long song, but it's a... On this album, it feels like a normal song, right? It doesn't yeah. feel like one of the longer tracks on, on A Matter of Life and Death. Well, that's the thing, because there's, we've talked about it, we talked about it with Hell on Earth and how Hell on Earth has the energy of a shorter song, and I think this is the case for this too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it has a sort of drive of a, like a shorter kind of... It's not incredibly proggy or complex either. It's, no, uh, it's straightforwardness straight in the song, uh, a lot of maidenness, mm-hmm. and I feel it's just a, a slightly longer track, but to me it's not really an epic. It's quite an action-filled track, I would say. Yeah. It doesn't have long interludes or anything like that, you know? No. I recall first time I heard the chorus or the pre-chorus really, or maybe it was what so basically what what happened was when they were doing the rollout for this album, they also tried to do something a little bit more um, creative. Or they tried to do like a they, they, there's something it was you know by today's standards sort of a huge pain in the ass. But what you do is there's a sort of special uh, media player you could download yep. specifically for this this album, and every uh, week they added new like snippets. Um, or the, full know, songs. songs, right? What full songs or snippets? Uh, they they did it initially, but uh, I think that they had snippets, and then they had like the, the, and then they started adding full songs to it. Right, right. But initially, it was just clips. So, yeah, that is right. That's true because we did get, if I recall, we got reincarnation of Benjamin Brig, uh, brighter than a thousand suns, and I think different world came out before okay. the album dropped. Uh, I, I think. So I don't. That's 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 what I can recall at least. Um, but anyway, I remember that listening to the, the sort of the teaser for this, and you get to that big uh, pre-chorus going into the chorus, and I I, I remember sitting uh, in a in a our living room on a laptop. It was the kind of situation where you know it was an old school internet situation where you had to dial up the thing and it made the, made the, those noises that you don't hear anymore and. We should, we should edit in some of that. Just that's <laughs> okay. actually it. quite a lovely sound for being that weird. It's it's lovely because probably because we have we have pleasant memories associated. Yeah, with I related to going up on the internet, right? Yeah. <laughs> Escaping the local world. So yeah, maybe that's it, yeah. why it's a nice sound to me. But I remember I got I got chills from that uh, that opening the, that the pre-chorus chorus thing. I'm like, this is this is good stuff. Mm-hmm. And that 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 I and that the, 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 that little bit there, I felt um, gave me more. Made because I do like the reincarnation of Ezra and Bree, but it took me a while to get into it. Right. Whereas this is like this is this is the stuff. This is what it's supposed to sound like. Um, but we'll get to that bit, I guess, at some point. Um, yeah. How should we tackle this? Um, I guess we already touched on the lyrics, so you can keep that in mind as we go through the music, perhaps first, and then right back to the lyrics. Maybe something like that. Oh, uh, you can do that way. Yeah, that works. Um, all right. Here we go. So it starts off with Steve and Nico. Yeah. Sets a lovely maiden-like mood. Uh, brooding. Serious. Very ominous. Ominous. That's a good word. Yeah, it is a good word. And and, and, and the, the Smith, I suppose, lead line sounds great. Sounds very dramatic. Now, is it, if I recall, and I should, I think that, so around here the vocals come in. And we have the kind of, the kind of riff that we got. Um, 
Isn't there? Because we talked about uh, in the, whenever that's coming out, when we did Lost for Words and uh, uh, Lord of the Flies, the Lord of the Flies verse riff is kind of similar to this riff, isn't it? Mm, oh yeah, you mean the. Um, so I don't care for this world anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. Moonchild as well. So. Simplified. That's very good stuff. Seven string, by the way. Eric Arcas seven string that I borrowed for a bit. Oh, I thought you meant no. that they played like what they didn't. Uh, no, no, that never now. happened. Uh, this is a, a Voodoo. A Voodoo is a Swedish brand, but anyway, it has the ominous feel. It is a traditional maiden feel. There's nothing like they're not rewriting the book of heavy metal here. Uh, but you know that tension of the minor sixth. That's always the same tension. It doesn't matter how often you hear it. To me, anyway. They also, I feel like they don't. You know, this is. You know, this is very. Uh, this is fairly basic stuff, but it's done very well. I feel so. It's yep. fine. Yep, and I will say dynamically. Or, 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 or remember, remember when, remember when, once upon a time, someone um, will remain nameless uh, commented, "Oh, that seems very like you know, like it's like a very et all, like very like you know, like a like first grade kind of riff." And you're like, "Yeah, but they fucking invented the first grade." So that's like, exactly, that's exactly. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, for me, I guess you can't go wrong with that minor sixth. It's very no, it's metal. Nice. It's very cool. It's uh, again from studying film music, known in that scene as the sorrowful sixth. And it is sorrowful. It has drama, it has ominous nature in it, and it's very heavy metal. What can you say? So let's let's uh, listen here for a bit. Yeah. I complained not too long ago about uh, Lightning Strikes Twice and uh, how they didn't handle the dynamics properly. I think yeah. this is a good case study of how to properly build your dynamics. Well, that's because if you have Adrian in the band telling them how to do it. Yeah, and also the fact that it's not even mastered, because then you got more dynamics on your hands. Yeah. Nico is doing an amazing job here, totally inspired, totally in the song. Nico is actually reaching the Normandy beach in his mind. Yeah. Lovely drum work. And then you get this little drum fill here, right? Yeah, love it. It almost tells of the waves crushing towards cliffs or the boat. Well, you, can, you can hear, you can see the thing. Yeah, and also the bass drum on the offbeat, so he's using the bass drum as the snare. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, so it's, it's just building toward this. It's, it's doing what you would like, you know, I mean. Yeah. I'll say this: that we, we're probably enjoying the song more than the people who did the thing actually did enjoy this scenario. But um, probably, yeah, uh, yeah, no. But it's it's because uh, it's. Um, I think the reason, like for instance, that this song feels, uh, you you can sort of you get such a vivid visual of what was going on because this is this particular uh, uh, invasion, this particular battle, this particular war, this bit. We've seen, and we were very much aware of what it was. Yeah, you know, pop, heavily I, popularized know. by um, uh, that movie with, and with that, Saving Private Ryan. Yes, Saving Private Jack. Saving Private Ryan with Tom Hanks. Right? Yes, yeah, that's a, that. That whole opening scene is insane. Who directed that? Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. 
uh, this uh, you know this unknown cat. Yeah, I think I think this kid might have a future if he just keeps uh, keep doing it that way. But yeah, he's a, he's a yeah. But um, the whole intro is a study in dynamics. Uh, it's uh, beautifully done. It never gets dull to me anyway. I think it's just you know exciting. It builds an excitement and especially big shout out to Nico for doing this so mm. well. When he adds the kick on on the um, on the snare, you know the normal snare position, the, the backbeat. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's always pretty cool. He does that. I, yeah. I believe in uh, wasted years as well in the intro. Mm-hmm. Sounds really cool to me because uh, it's a different way to hold up the the tempo. So yeah. Oh, and Bruce is doing a great job too. Oh yeah, yeah. It, when on the words uh, ent- enter Hell's Gate, yep. he does this way. He snarls this way. It's 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 it's, 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 it's the best. It's his best. It's good stuff. So this is when I get slightly more out of the track. For me, it's the opposite. This is just, this seems like just the payoff you want after the whole. Yeah, you album. mentioned, and I believe it's the correct payoff. I think compositionally it sits well, but for me, this chord progression is very common on this album, and it throws me off a bit. Also, I think the vocals are too monotonous. Um static vocal approach. I think I'd, I'd, I'd go far, as far as to say that it's a fairly f- common chord progression in this band. Yeah, in the world, actually. You know, you have that <laughs> three, world, chord, know, three chords that made a million, that kind of thing, you know. It's, it's those yeah, but, chords. It's the normal chords. Yeah, but yeah, but these guys, anyways. Especially on this good. album. Because if you look mm-hmm. at uh, Evil Do, they go close to this. But when they're supposed to hit um, D, they go for A. And it yeah. changes it up entirely. And uh, it's one of my least favorite chord progressions in Maiden, and uh, sometimes it works great, sometimes not so great. You know, uh, isn't uh, for the greater no, yeah, for the greater good of God, the verses are this similar. I think it's in there. Uh, I, I think one of the first cases was "Out of the Silent Planet," the chorus, mm. uh, which I love. But uh, great song. They've overused this progression, I think. But it's also the yeah, it's I also know. the easiest progression to work with. You know, it's a very it's steady. It works. It's very, uh, it's very applicable, you could say. Let's let's let us carry on. Yes. So it drags down my excitement a bit. I prefer this actually. Yeah, this bit's good. It's more Smith-like, you know. Uh-huh. A little bit more intricate. Still a bit monotonous on the vocal side, but yeah, but I think it works. It fits there. Yeah. I actually think it sings better on some Jutsu than this. Nice pullback. Yeah, that's cool. I think this is our this is our uh, uh, old friend of the pod who haven't heard from him. Well, I think, uh, if I recall, this was Gareth's favorite album. Okay, cool. And uh, our an, a, a coming guest, uh, uh, incredible guitarist uh, Andreas Lindgren. I think is his name. Andreas M Lindgren because he's such a fan of Ingvar J Malmsteen. I guess, <laughs> but Andreas Lindgren anyway, uh, in the band Killer Slave as well, the cover band. He, oh, yeah. he, he tends to post tracks of this album, and he, as a caption, he writes Senwatsu. 
because he was not a fan of Senjutsu. So I guess, you know, him and me, we stand on different battle sides yeah. in that one. We stand on different playing fields or different sides of yeah, the... Yeah, but I, I don't... I mean, does he, is he a listener? Um, I don't know, but he asked me to be on the pod. I didn't, right. I didn't like... Um, I don't know. I didn't... Uh, what's the word? Ambush him to be on. So at least okay. he wants to be on the show, which is great. And he's an amazing no, I, guitar I, player. I it's just, it, it just very... I mean, I guess, I guess that people do it that way, but for me, it's like... Okay, so he enjoys this album. <laughs> the, the, yeah, he was disappointed with Sanjutsu, and he was sad to okay. see. Like, he was charging up for months. Like, did I hear Iron Maiden? Uh, Heard Iron Maiden? And then when it came out, he was sad. It was like, have I been waiting for months? I think I recall months? this, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 you know, couldn't disagree more, I guess. But again, that's the fun. That's what's interesting about this sort of... Yeah. No, I, I, don't, I don't agree either, but he's an incredible guitarist. Beats the shit out of me, I, I can say, right off the bat. Uh, very, very good guitar player. And looking forward to having him on for a special episode. In the M's. Right. In the M's. The M's. The M's. Right. Is he, he... No, we'll get to that later. All right, so we, now we don't... Let's, let's jump to the... Um, the oh. After the second chorus, because it's... So it's what happens here? They go back into the lull, right? They go back into they the dramatic... verse, but it's slightly more, you know, there's, there's more going on. Listen to that a bit, just because I want to hear what Nicole does. Yeah, now the snare is there, right? Where the kick used to be. Yeah. Proper high at work. Uh, yeah. Well, come on, Nicole McBain. What a legend. Very good. What a fucking legend. Quick note, too, about Nicole on this record. Apparently, he brought up his old-ass snare, one of his first snare drums that he ever owned or purchased and used it for this album. It's a deep motherfucker, and it sounds cool. The drums are very good in this one. Yeah, and I think they benefit from the non-mastering. They live. They fully live. You can hear... I mean, it's an acoustic instrument. You play a bit of acoustic guitar, so you know the difference, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you need to, you need to feel it in a different way when it's acoustic. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, and I, yeah, sits, but uh, I think also, for what I recall, every time I've seen them, there's been multiple interviews around the rollout for this, and I think all everyone in the band was like, yeah, Nico is the... He was dubbed player of the theme by Bruce, right? I think. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. all right. So, ne next thing we get to is, next sort of new part would be the sort of, uh, I guess, a pre-solo kind of situation. Very Harris. If you listen to this show, you know I'm, ca I'm calling these parts the Air Force parts because they always sound like you're on the airfield. I like this turnaround. This is very good. Cool riff. Yeah. Slithering. This is one of the solo, I think. The riff is kind of slithering, crawling, you know. It's dirty, it's, it's the mud on Normandy. Now we get to the uh... Adrian first, right? Yeah, I think so. Comes now. That's very Adrian, like. Oh, this is great. Love this. Love this. Love this bit. Yeah. This is a little bit fanfare, a little bit like the trumpets that we use in Lost for Words. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then we get some more. I mean, yeah. 
pulses. Yeah, this 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 whole bit. Very made it. This yeah, they, but they they attempted stuff like this other times that hasn't worked as well. But this works very well, I feel. Yeah, the the BPM they, is they perfect. Go back to the triumphant. Oh yeah. This live, come on, perfect for oh, live. This was amazing live. Davey. Yep. Doing what he does best. I remember I remember when I saw this live and um, during this bit or the bits the sort of the uh, triumphant fanfare bits. Uh, and back to course. Um, Lovely ending too of that Dave Solo. Yeah. Lovely ending. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. The, what's something I remember just during the the sort of a triumphant kind of fanfare bits there. Uh, I remember looking and you could see. Um, uh, I think it was. I think it was. Uh, it was Davey, and I think it would have been. I mean, I don't know either it was all three of them, but he. I remember just like, they were just exchanging like fucking ear to ear smiles, mm -hmm. enjoying doing this. They smile a lot on stage. Uh, yeah, because he's having fun. But just to see, you know, he's, he's, he's it's, it's great to see him. I do too. You know? I smile a lot on stage. In the beginning, you know, because you were supposed to be dark and metal. Yeah, I, I, I guess I yeah. refrained from it in my teens. But mm. at one point, I realized the more I smile, because it's honest smiling. You know, it's not fake. You're having fun. Yeah. The more I do it, the better the reception. Basically, there you go. Yeah, because <laughs> I also remember a friend of mine. He, he wrote to Catatonia and complained that the bass player smiled on stage. That was uh, possibly uh, among the ten silliest things I've ever experienced. <laughs> it's like, come on, what the fuck? Yeah, that seems pretty. <laughs> he also got a reply, and he said, "Sorry for you know letting my uh, the ends of my mouth go up there for a bit, but I was enjoying the show." Pretty good reply. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good reply to a fucking. No offense to your friend, but that's a fucking dumb uh, complaint. All of the offense to my friend. It's a completely ridiculous claim. All the offense. All of the offense. This we have to yes. call, we have to bring out our swords for that shit. With all due offense. <laughs> With all due offense. <laughs> no, he's a good yeah. guy, but sometimes he gets things confused, and in this case, clearly. <sighs> but also, when was this? It wasn't. This wasn't like a week ago. Was it probably I'm assuming so. Oh no, no, we were kids. I bought them uh, beer with my fake ID on the train to Westeros. Okay. I, actually, I didn't. I didn't make a fake ID or purchase one. It was my co-host of my old show, Game for Riffs, slightly older, and he kind of looked like me in his old uh, photo. So I used that. There you go. Good time. Also, how I saw Catatonia at 17 years old here in Stockholm, and I met Mick Okefeldt as well. Oh, that's cool. I, 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 I saw them. I haven't seen them live, actually, but I have been to a record signing. They did for, the, I think it was The Last Fair Deal Gone Down. I think it was oh, yeah, that's the best album, in my opinion. Yeah, well, uh, some, some guy I went to school with uh, borrowed it, and, I didn't see, and that was back in uh, 2002. So I'm, I'm starting to give up hope of me getting it back. It's a lot of indie rock influence, which I think yeah. fits very well with the sound. I think it probably rubbed some people the wrong way. Maybe it did. You could be a huge fan of, I guess, you know, Dance of December Souls or 
a Brave Murder Day or something. But in my opinion, they were always supposed to make this this more poppy uh, version, yeah. variation of metal. I think they do that well. I think it's yeah. I, I, I agree. I I wouldn't yeah. And I think it's same same thing. You get people who like maybe like Morning Rise. That's their that's their Opeth album. That's their band. right. And they're probably not going to like you know uh, uh, the new uh, the new stuff. For me, it's actually Deliverance. That's my Opeth album. You know, or Blackwater Park, of course, a masterpiece. Still Life as well. So no, it's, it's that whole yeah, still era. Life, Blackwater. I mean, for, for me, it's all of them <laughs> except for maybe I I didn't really I never really got into Watershed. And it's not the best, I could say. You know, that was my actually my one of my first disappointments. But uh, yeah, Opeth A to Z coming later. Well, I mean, who knows? <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll get. To, I'm sure it'll be mentioned. I have a related mention in uh, rotation mm-hmm. coming later. Oh, we'll get, that, we'll get to that in a bit. Yep. So I think we've, we've covered the music fairly sufficiently. Yeah, how does it end, actually? I guess it's the typical A Matter of Life and Death ending where they go back to the... Maybe. You're correct, sir. For being such a proggy album, it's also quite formulaic, I have to say. There you go. Actually fits the song. I'm not going to complain yeah. about them using the formula for this one because it fits and it's pretty much the right length. But uh, yeah, I have some opinions on the music, but I think I I want to let you in first. Well, let I me mean, know when you go. When you go, you know. Um... All right, I'll go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so the I, we already discussed the build up, which yeah. I think is incredibly well executed. I have no. I like that very much. When they go into how long on this longest day. I'm out of it a little bit. I get thrown out. And that, this happened the first time I heard it. And it still happens to a less mm-hmm. of an extent. I mean, I'm more kind of embracing of the track today. But I don't like that part. I think they could have skipped it, maybe. Somehow worked their way straight into um, the chorus of the song yeah. instead. Uh, which I think is a very cool chorus. Overall, I think it's a thematically tight song. It, you know, they, they really have a grasp on the theme. And they don't let loose. So, you know, they, they are in control of the drama. They are arranging or directing a very nice scene here, musically and thematically. But I have a little bit of like, I, for me, it gets dragged out with all the no, long, not long, no. He even sings how long. And sometimes I think, how long will this go on? Uh, which I guess is not the ideal feeling when you listen to a song. So yeah, all in all, you know, it's salt and it's uh, sweet for me. For me, I, I really like those uh, uh, those the build the, the pre-chorus and the chorus. They sort of they give the sort of um, I don't know something. You said melody wise, it clicks for me very much. Mm-hmm. On those, 
and it's also interesting because it's something something that I kind of um, actually let me just let's let's pull this the pre-course up again one last one time here. You know, I think it's what I enjoy about this. What essentially this is is the pre the pre-chorus and the chorus is to some degree just it's just the chords and you know being played with maybe a couple of like you know like uh, uh, you know uh, what are they called. Oh, like a couple, you know, harmonics thrown in there. Every Small again. flourishes, yeah, yeah. But there's otherwise it's it just the chords because if this has been written now. If this has been on this album. The the, the, the Yannick would be doing the the the, 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 the 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 vocal melody under what he's singing. That's interesting though because I felt today when listening that part should have been instrumental with a guitar instead. I would have liked it more. Those money notes are always the same. I don't like that. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, for me, for me, it works. I mean, again, but that's I, I, I don't, I don't, I, you know, that don't necessarily know why. Um, and I also don't know why I'm against it. You know, it's just like no, but that's, that's also felt. kind of what we do here. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I felt every time I heard the track, really. But I wish I had seen it live. I really do because I think oh, it was this, it was great. And just seeing them like this sort of the, the, how much they enjoyed doing this. this like uh, Peter Ivish said on episode fifty. When made in, when they are doing new stuff, you hear it on the record, sure, but you also have to think how well would this fit into a live set, which which is usually very well. You know, they write songs that go well live. Yeah. Every time these days. Yeah, and you you can you, you can you can also hear when they're enjoying something. Yeah, and also I think you've got a good point that the chords being that bland, it does leave a lot of room for the narration and the singing. Yeah. of the song and sometimes that's just the point that's just what you want yeah. to do sometimes you don't want to bring out these complex chords or complex riffs you just want yeah. to add the sufficient backing to the storytelling and in that case i agree with you actually yeah it's it's a uh, um because I, I i like it when they sort of give give them space to for the, vo- the vocals to kind of breathe and that's you know that's like a lot of times like we discussed uh on the uh, layer of the alchemist episode that should have dropped as he's mentioned in like songs like Darkest Hour, this sort of big ballady kind of things where they get this, you know, like, like he sort of like compared it to Tears of the Dragon a bit there, and you where they sort of these big yep. sort of chords, and there's there's tons of space with vocals to, to rather than these very, you know, like Steve Harris, he kind of like, yeah, like last week, yeah, on the track with the wind. No one was getting nearer, but you would do walls, the never seemed to end, you know, that's very. Caged. If you don't know how to do it, like I imagine someone trying to sing like the red and the black would probably have like a, have, you know, a oh. fucking have faint. That's another case that. where I wish one of those vocal bits were actually instrumental. Sometimes I do. If you listen to Remember Tomorrow, I like mm. that there's no singing on. It doesn't need singing. Yeah. It's already anchored enough, but yeah. All right, so let's uh, get the lyrics, I guess. Sure. Now, um, these are very Bruce kind of lyrics, I feel, because they're very, um, I, I don't know, I feel maybe if Steve had done these, they'd be slightly more, you know, <laughs> listing things. Has begun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Strikes twice. Um, yeah. So, um, it starts, in the gloom, the gathering storm abates. That, that, that. Uh, that line is very uh, good. <laughs> it's a good yeah. line. <laughs> yeah, I'm like he could write things. Yes, really. very descriptive <laughs> here. Very descriptive. Yeah, 
instead of because then Steve would have been you know <laughs> maybe not I don't know but sometimes he can get very just like I mean he hits literally. it sometimes sometimes Steve just oh, hits yeah, it yeah definitely otherwise he wouldn't be here doing this but yeah. um, so in the ships the gimlet eyes wait the call to arms to hammer at the gates mm, hammer at the gates wide, that's good to blow them wide throw evil to its fate that's pretty it's almost storytelling in a traditional sense, you know, good and evil. It's very, it's very, it's very you know, it's also, but it's also not, because you get like these, 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 I mean, sometimes when, I, I don't think they've ever in any of their songs, and they have, I don't know if you guys at home know this, but they have multiple songs dealing with the subject of war. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, might not have noticed, uh, but none of them really, I feel none of them, you know, glorify that's the thing. It's usually quite the opposite. I mean, in part, they might. and But they never go full on. They never go full uh, warmonger. Warmonger? Yeah. yeah. No, but I, I, th- I think, I think it's, uh, it, it maybe glorifies um, this to some degree glorifies the access, you know, the sort of this very uh, Well, there is, there is always the sacrifice bit, you know. Well, that's that's the thing because initially yeah. this episode is supposed to have one of my one of my best friends on it, who who has who, who is a veteran. Yeah, and maybe uh, we yeah, get to do know. an episode with him when he's well, less busy and to. we talk about war in general. We talk about this yeah, theme. Well, there, he yeah. has he has he has he's one he has one song that he sort of booked later down further on down the line, way down the line. Uh, that that uh, I that I think he'll you know Swedish fella or American? Oh yeah, Swedish 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 fella. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So, but anyway, so this this is also these are very. You know, um, what about the next line? I like that too. Um, all summer long, the drills to build the machine to turn men from flesh and blood to steel. Yeah, it's almost talking about the mechanics of war. You know, yeah. I have a song on the upcoming record called War Room Mechanics, mm-hmm. and it's uh-huh. sort of dealing with you know, uh, I don't know, the physical bit of it, the mechanical bit of war, and how you just need to get shit in order. Basically, you need to produce yeah. this, this attack, or you need to produce the defense. You need to get, you know, all the bits and bobs at the right spots to build the machine and turn men into steel. Or what was it? Flesh and blood into steel. Yeah. And then you have the next one. Uh, from paper soldiers to bodies on the beach, from summer sands to Armageddon's reach. That's also very yep. ominous and cool and descriptive. Now, here's the thing, because you mentioned the op- was called Operation... Uh, Overlord. Overlord your master, not your god. Right. That's pretty cool, too. This is basically just going to be us reading a line going, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good lyrics. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as we continue, the enemy coast, uh, uh, dawning gray with scud. I like that too. It paints a picture, right? Um, the, yeah. the wretched souls puking, shaking fear to take a bullet for those who sent them here. Again, that comes into the war criticism that we've been on. We, we were on that heavily with Dan in uh, The Legacy as well. So. And that's something I really wish we had you went on to talk about. Not that he's not, he wasn't in fucking Vietnam, but I'm just mean, you know, as, a, as a war veteran in general. So the quote is, it's, this is from, a, it's engraved in a cigarette lighter. It's, a, uh, we the unwilling led by the unqualified to kill the unfortunate uh, die for the ungrateful. And that always sort of, you know, I remember, I remember I got chills first time I, First time I, I saw that. Yeah, it's been um, mentioned two times before, but I'm, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd never stop mention, you. I'd never stop you because it's a good one. I'll probably mention it many more times before we're done. Yeah, um, we mentioned it when we recorded in Loch Ness as well. There we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for the Comestas. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I see when I was looking up through my timeline uh, today, or I listened, maybe it was the other day, uh, but it, it was it was one, it was a 
a couple of Memorial Days ago or because I, I do tend to. And this is also again something I'm going to stop mentioning that soon. That I wish I could because me, me and my friend Yuan, who's, who's going to be on at some point, we've discussed many times my feelings that I think a lot of times people here uh, sometimes have don't understand the idea. It's it's or, or I find it hard to grasp the idea of you can support the the, 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 the soldier the troops without being for the war. Yeah, you definitely can. You can sort of celebrate them without being for what they had, you know. You can support a low-level Amazon warehouse worker without supporting Amazon. There you go. Well, you can, you can, you, or you can, you can, yeah. And that's that's you know, and uh, you know, and a lot of times support, but maybe just don't fucking actively spit on them. I know quite a few people who, because other people around my age who uh, went off to uh, uh, Iraq, uh, mm. the second sort of uh, go there, and uh, you know, some of them didn't come back, and the ones, the couple of them didn't come back, they were very different people having gone through that exactly i don't know, I, think, I think everyone at home maybe knows what ha- you know that sort of the whole second iraq uh, war and the sort of very sort of you know weapons of non-existent weapons we- of mass destruction yeah it's still veiled in mystery a little bit for me so that obviously was not a <laughs> you know not, not great you know situation but even even though there were sort of the the you know the reason they went in there maybe was not particularly great i i still feel you can one of my favorite music videos to a song that is not really one of my favorite songs, probably not even in the top 50 of the band, is um, Metallica, the video for um, The Day That Never Comes, of, oh, yeah, of, yeah. of uh, Death Magnetic. The song is actually about domestic abuse, but the video is set in a sort of a, an everyday soldier situation in Iraq with a, a couple in a car, and uh, mm. what a great video. You can really tell that Lars Ulrich is a big fan of film. Uh, yeah. because yeah one of the best music videos I've ever seen to a song that I'm you know even tempered about it's an okay song it's it's perhaps not the very cool choice of video yeah uh, it deals with a, let's call it the microcosmos of war you know you can say that yeah for me the, the like the kind of Soldier, I guess from war, the soldier's perspective is always the most interesting to me, and that's quite usually what Maiden would hone in on. Yeah, I mean, the only time they sort of touched on anything else is, I guess, they sort of, uh, you know, they, they have... Uh, Churchill pops up every now and again. Yeah, or like uh, in Two Minutes to Midnight, they talk about the powers, predicting war for billions in the hope that one appears, and I like that too, yeah. you know? That's a nice framework. Yeah, yeah. When, when they have on their sort of many... Uh, songs dealing with this, they they do tend to focus more on the you know the, the, the literal boots on the ground rather than the you know the, the the guy pressing the buttons as it were. The unknowns, I guess, of history. The unknowns, but probably often the most important in the U.S. You know, right? You know, the uh, they, they they really you know drop the ball on the and there's there's so many like uh, veterans who are, you know, who are homeless. Yes, homeless, drug addicts, all of that. Uh, Hand of Doom, Black Sabbath deals with this. American um, soldiers uh, having landing in England as a uh, what do you call that mid midway uh, mid house what do you call that? No, There's an actual one word one. for it anyway. You used as yeah, have this middle landing point, and they did that in in England, and uh, they became heroin addicts. Hence the title Hand of Doom. You know, push the needle in. Yeah.
So we can just maybe just do a little bit more. Let's just do the chorus here. Right. Um, uh, no escape, remorseless, sharp, no reins. Drowning man, no chance for a warrior's fate. A choking death entered Hell's Gate. And that's sort of leading into the pre-chorus. Sliding we go, only fear on our side, to the edge of the wire as we rush with the tide. Again, these, these feel very... These are, these are very Bruce kind of lyrics. Professionally phrased. Yes. Uh, poetically written and with a rhythm to it. If you read the lyrics, you can feel the music. That's often a good sign. Indeed. Um, and then we get to... I'll just point out that uh, before I forget, if you want a great song that deals with uh, this kind of stuff, and it's not in the same way, it's just sort of... Essentially, it's a letter uh, written... That perspective of a soldier writing home, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called The Day After Tomorrow. It's a Tom Waits song from the album uh, Real Gone. It's a great song, and it has some very sort of interesting angles on on this exact sort of right sort of situation. Uh, and not this situation, but it's, again, it's someone writing home. He's a, um, he's a killer lyricist. Oh, yeah. Tom Waits, yeah, one of the best. I, I, I would definitely agree with that. So that's a... Uh, yeah, list talk, I guess. Yeah, and for me... I'm going to still say, as much as I like this, no. Yeah, I'm surprised a little bit. I thought you would say yes, and I thought I would go first to say no, because then maybe it would be a dramatic suspense added. But it's a no for me, and it's basically, it's very, it's very, actually I'm very concrete here. I said no to Invaders, because I didn't like the chorus. Mm. And this is the same case with the pre-chorus and how it's like, I would have arranged this differently in the end. I would have had the exact same build-up, but then I would have more action, yeah. more guitars, maybe even up the tempo. I would do quite a few things to this song if I could, which I can't. I think I think for me it's just the fact that um, I do love this song, but I, I, I don't think it belongs in the top 50 list, and I don't feel the need to include it just to have it removed later. It's going to be so much fun uh, curating the final list really looking forward to that in a way i'm also like i don't want it to happen tomorrow because we got stuff to say before that but looking forward uh it's the opposite of the smoking the bandit song where he says we have a long way to go and a short time to get there we have a short <laughs> yeah. way to long go. way to go and a short, short time, time to get there good song <laughs> We gonna do what they say can't be done We've got a long way to go And a short time to get there I'm westbound just watch old bandit run Have you seen the movie Smoking the Bench? Uh, no, but uh, maybe I should it, have it, 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 It's very fun, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that I can't ima- I cannot imagine that uh, Fergal has seen it, uh, I guess. I'm, I'm pretty sure Fergal has. I'm almost. I can. I'd be willing to bet my life on the fact that that Greg has seen this. Right, probably. Um, yeah. Actually, I want you. I had this idea the other week that I, I want mm-hmm. some episodes without me, and one is with Greg, and one is with Fergal. I'd love to have that going. I can. I can. With with. So I guess you would mean without you, but with me. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, love, I love talking to those guys, but uh, I also love listening to them without me interrupting anything. So well, it should happen. We'll, we'll work that out. Um, so if you, if you need something to watch tonight, check out Smoking the Bandit. I'm sure it's available on multiple streaming. Things, Probably. Uh, or, or, or frankly, I'm not entirely 
unconvinced that it's not available free on YouTube. The PirateBay.org. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if you got to go there even for this at this point, but yeah, it's a Burt Reynolds and there's there's a cars and that's there's they're smuggling smuggling beer. It's not particularly high stakes. It's not like a, the, the drama is not on a Reynolds Burt yeah. Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a guy. You know, he he's in the fame with. Uh, what's our favorite guy ever? Uh, that would be Tom Selleck. Yeah, Burt Reynolds had had a solid mustache. Hey, bandit, me and Fred got a question. What are you and Fred want? How come we doing this? Well, why not? Well, he said it couldn't be done. Well, that's the reason, son. That's good with Fred. We're clear. <laughs> and four. Um. So a bit of rotation before he closes out. Yeah. Yeah. Got some stuff in for today. Would you like to go first then? Uh, maybe you could go first, actually. All right. Uh, so basically, um, the latest Evergrey is still playing quite quite a bit here. Title? Um, oh, it's it's called "A Heartless Portrait." Is the name of the album, uh, the Orphine Testament. Uh, and I've been—I think there's a song. There's a song called "Ominous" on it, which is very good. But they're all. And you did see them live as well, the acoustic thing? Some live. Acoustic is very good. So besides that, I've been listening to because I, I I saw the new the new Top Gun uh, today. So I've been listening to the Top Gun soundtrack, not the old one, the new one actually. Okay, the, the old one is good. I like it. The old one's good too, but I I I, I was I was sort of in the mood for the new one because I just saw right. it. So I just that was fun. Who's the Tom Cruise uh, in the new one? Yeah, he's Tom Cruise. He's Tom in, Cruise he's in is in the new one too. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Well, well. He does not look very much older. <laughs> <laughs> no, he has that thing right. Yeah, that's the only thing that kind of like is unrealistic in the movie because it's so cool because they actually they. You know, he's Tom, Tom, you know they, he does. There's like, there's almost like no CGI. It's just, it's just actually literally them flying these fucking weird planes. But the thing that sort of does not work is there's sort of a, since he's he's older and he's sort of he's gonna be training some younger pilots. Yeah. And like they like oh you know they, they, they you know they they see him when they first meet him like you know who's that who's that old geezer like yeah but the thing is he doesn't look that he old. looks so too fresh like grandpa yeah he looks like he's like fucking ten years old these guys <laughs> yeah I mean yeah that's just the thing i guess a weird fella yeah. but i think sometimes underrated actually tom cruise I, th- I think i think that people uh he gets a lot of shit i don't think he always deserves it i don't think he does i, th- I think that yeah, people latch on to the scientology weirdness and I, I think scientology is a you know, well i mean scientology cases. never killed anyone as far as i know no they didn't they didn't you know they, they haven't yeah I, I don't i could compare them to compare to any of the other ones right or just like <laughs> they're, they're 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 pretty harmless 
Yeah, so anyway, that's that's been my my rotation this 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 day. Uh, I got back into watching a couple of series again. So my rotation is going to be based around that. We mentioned Better mm. Call Saul before. Mm. Uh, oh, great half season. Uh, I'm not sure I'm a mm. fan of this half season thing. Uh, we talked about that with Fergal. That, yeah. With Fergal the other day, and I guess it's a sort of a maximum profit idea or something like that. Uh, because they obviously recorded it all in one stretch. That would make more sense from, from a production perspective. No, but I think maybe... Um because there were quite a few delays, you know, due to the uh, you know due to the pandemic, so there could be places doing post production. True, those. I don't know. true. But I think they recorded all in one. I think it's more of a. Well, they mar- recorded it all in one go, but I think there's a lot of stuff they do afterwards. Probably. Yeah. Okay, that could be a point. Uh, anyway, really good, very very good. My favorite series being Breaking Bad, and I, I watch quite a bit of series actually. Not big of a film watcher, but uh, series. Uh, yeah, before I think it was like ten a year. Now it's more like three. A year or two a year. I, I was, I was, I was. I, I've been sort of rewatching Breaking Bad, uh, and it's interesting when you have the sort of Better Call Saul. I'm not gonna no, no spoilers here, obviously, but I just want to say when you have that series in the back of your mind, going into breaking, rewatching Breaking Bad, knowing the sort of the more of the backstory makes him way more interesting in that series as well. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's maybe for me the key value in Better Call Saul that they managed yeah. to have a completely different tempo, different storytelling at the beginning of the series and they sort of you know accelerated towards the breaking bad tempo as the seasons went and now it's almost full on breaking bad in, in you know towards the end of it and i think that's you know we talked about dynamic um, arrangements in in the song of today and i think that's one of them you know just you know the the, the capability of holding your horses and you release one at a time yeah. and create this awesome drama uh, i don't yeah. you know i have a lot of good to say about that series i think it's really good bob Odenkirk is an amazing He's actor uh, Rhea Seahorn, amazing actress, mm-hmm. and she also directed an episode in this in this one, which yeah. I think is cool. I think Brian Cranston directed one or two in yeah. in Breaking Bad as well. Uh, what a cool thing to do, you know? Let the actors actually direct. I think I think uh, I think Odenkirk did one too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and also you also have the possibly the uh, one of the most intimidating, you know. TV villains of all time, you know, uh, Gus Fring. Yeah. Uh, who just plays it so, you know, but they, without being, you know, he's, he's creepy, but he can be creepy just in being quiet. Just in silence, creepy and quiet, calculative, um, you know, very cerebral character. Very pleasant voice, though. We talked about great mustaches before. Uh, so, you know, we mentioned Bert, uh, Bert Reynolds, we mentioned uh, Tom Selleck, and uh, another guy is uh, an actor whose name escapes me, but he plays Lalo Salamanca, Eduardo uh, Salamanca. Uh, uh, Let's see. I'll check it out so we can give him a proper shout out because I know he's, he's obviously listening and you know hoping we're going <laughs> to yeah, of course mention him. You know, with okay, this is not what I expected. Uh huh. Tony Dalton. Tony Dalton. Uh, that makes there me think go. of Timothy Dalton. Yeah, no relation apparently. This guy is from Texas, right? And uh, I mean, he speaks. Uh, he he's in in a part of of the new season. He speaks proper American, and I think that maybe would be his normal voice. I think the Mexican accent yeah. is added for for the character of Lalo Salamanca. Yeah. But anyway, that's been great. I also watched another Netflix series uh, called Clark, about a Swedish bank robber Clark Olofsson, who is uh, like um, he became some type of celebrity, even an icon, while being a bank yeah. robber in sweden in the 60s 70s era yeah. he's still alive he commented on this mm. series as well the series is made by jonas Åkerlund, who uh, directed a few uh, hotshot music videos with madonna and the likes yeah uh, metallica too 
Metallica as well. Uh, he was also the drum. Which Metallica did he do, by the way? He did. Um, well, let me check. Wait, keep talking. But I think he did. He did. He, did, um, he was also a drummer in Bathory in the early days. Oh, yes, right. Yeah, yeah. And let's see. Uh, oh, he did Man Unkind, didn't he? Yeah, but I think he did something else too, though, didn't he? Right. I mean, because Man Unkind was based on a mayhem aesthetic. Yeah. So, uh, Man Unkind turned the page in Whiskey in the Jar. Oh, okay. All good videos, especially Turn the Page and Man Unkind. Whiskey mm. in the Jar, I guess, uh, uh, I could live without that video, but um, he's a good director, anyway. He's sort of the, the Swedish guy Richie, in my opinion. He's done a few Smashing Pumpkins. He, uh, he's done some, uh, let's see, Queens of the Stone Age, U2. He's, 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 he, he, he also, much like, much like that young upstart we mentioned in Steven Spielberg, I think this guy has a future. He has a future. He's quite a deal. Yeah. It's <laughs> quite a big deal, yes. And for the Netflix series Clark, aforementioned uh, Opeth leader, Mikael Okefeld wrote the music. I enjoy the soundtrack more than I've enjoyed the latter Opeth albums. Him doing it all instrumentally, and uh, even the way Jonas has, interp- has um, not interpreted, but uh, what's the word? Utilized? Utilized is the word, exactly. Uh, even the way it's utilized, like it's only snippets. gonna say like uh, yeah keep hiring Okefeld for those kind of jobs you know he's definitely the guy to do it especially for this series I gotta check that I, when, as soon as I'm done with like three other things I'm watching that's I'm gonna check that out well worth a watch uh, very entertaining and good and I, I watch it in Swedish I'm sure you can watch it in maybe even dubbed at least subtitled yeah what do we got up and coming for the summer? We're gonna keep going through the, you know, the intenuary as it's called, but we also have a few special episodes. Well, I mean, we might be a bit busy for a certain week or a week or so in July during, when, when, you know, when during the, when actually we're gonna we go into different town altogether. You know, that week might be late on light on content. The week after will be quite heavy on content. Right on. And uh, if you want to join the show, look for the O's and past. I think we're all booked until then, pretty much, even through the O's a little bit. But there's still yeah. What is it? O-P-R-S-T-U-V-X-Y. Uh, there's nothing on Y, I think. I'm not sure. Not yet. And nothing on X. Uh, I have an idea for Z, even though they don't have any songs on there. Z or Z, uh, as Americans say. Z. So if you want to be on, be on your toes. <laughs> you know? yep. yeah, yeah, get in touch now rather than wait, because you know, we, we, the list will get full quite, quite quickly. I think that's it, right? I don't think we got it anymore. A little bit of a sign-off. Um, I'll start this one. Uh, and I will say, as we all say and live by, up the irons. That's cold from the north. <laughs>